today, Hillary Clinton goes much further than her deplorable comment by suggesting a formal, a formal deprogramming of MAGA. Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign is targeted by a radical extremist, but nobody wants to talk about that. And AOC is big mad about the idea of <gasps> a border wall. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And uh, last night, Hillary Clinton sat down with CNN to discuss a wide range of issues. And of course, why not touch on Donald J. Trump's sustained popularity? And while discussing the details uh, within, you know, the, the divide within the GOP, Hillary Clinton actually, actually suggested a formal, formal, I don't think I can overstate this, formal deprogramming of the what she says is the MAGA cult. Here is that moment. Watch. Very strong partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. <laughs> He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to oh. happen. Oh, that, uh, like what Hillary, what Hill dog, uh, re-education camps. Uh, I'm, I'm unclear. I'm hoping that my guest today can help me make sense of these comments. I'd like to welcome Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics. Now we can get into what is so extreme about uh, Donald Trump's agenda. I would love to know what is it that's so extreme, these MAGA extremists, but let's talk about the formal deprogramming uh, of a cult comments made by Hillary Clinton first. What do you make of that? Yeah, she, I have no idea what it is that she's referring to, but it does sound terrible, um, considering <laughs> that she used the term formal. It's almost as if she's uh, suggesting that the government be somehow mm -hmm. involved mm -hmm. in some sort of way to deprogram, as she said. I don't know what other way. I can't even, there's no need to even reword it to make it sound bad because it sounds terrible. Is that uh, like maybe like the Uyghurs in uh, Yeah, maybe China. something. Maybe uh, yeah. people are going to have to go through some r rigorous sort of uh, 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 re-education mm -hmm. in order to get these people up to speed to what they want them uh, uh, to believe. First of all, I don't even know what Hillary does. She's unemployed uh, from from all accounts. I have no idea what it is she's she's, she's even going on about. Which, but, hold on, hold on, to, to that point, you, she did also say Donald Trump has no credibility anymore. And it's yeah, like, you, he was the president and yeah, you and, weren't, and honey. you weren't. I mean, you, you lost multiple times. Uh, with that being said, and also, look, man, you've been, <laughs> let's say, very questionable in terms of uh, your activities as well, you and your husband, uh, when it comes to uh, borderline criminal 
uh, affair. So seems like just a tad bit of projection, and maybe she's just uh, playing the politics and y utilizing this whole crazy thing that we we're dealing with right now with Donald Trump to kind of get eyes off of her and saying, "Hey, look at look at him. He's actually the bad guy in this whole scenario." And uh, look, this all goes back to everything that we've been discussing over the previous weeks, and that folks want to. Ooh, and I hope it doesn't get really, really ugly where people are really starting to use because right now it's like kind of a politician v. politician type of situation. I don't know if it goes beyond that. And we're talking about citizen. I mean, if you want to continue like the whole January 6th thing, maybe that that is an example of that mm -hmm. where they start taking it to punishing like citizens in some way, shape or form because they uh, see them as their political opponents. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's for sure going to get ugly, because then the other side, definitely, if they at any point in time get enough power in any any aspect, state, local, federal, whatever, of course, they're going to retaliate and do the same. And now we're going to have this sort of uh, a lawfare, uh, if you will, and it can get ugly in human history. That has never worked out. Yeah. I, I uh, so going back to the extremist comments, um, sounds a whole lot like uh, epic proportions of gaslighting to me, because I'm like, what? What is so extreme about, like, what specifically about Donald Trump's agenda uh, or ideas or policies that he did previously implement as president? Which, by the way, Hillary, you never were. So if he has no credibility, you also should not be on CNN going and talking to anyone because you never were even president, honey. We told you we didn't want you a long freaking time ago, so maybe you can go away. But the extremist position of what? saying that our borders, like we should have sovereign borders, saying that we shouldn't be mutilating children, saying that we want lower taxes, saying that we should put America first. Like what, what, I'm sorry, what world am well, I living in that any of this is extreme? Well, I'm telling you, what she's referring to obviously is uh, when people kick their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. And remember, as we talked about when I was here and we were, um, I was there like many days right after that whole mm -hmm. ordeal happened and we called it from a mile away that they were going to be clinging on to this event for a very long time. Clearly. Uh, and yeah, obviously, we're far removed from that. It's not his agenda. He's not out there making stump speeches on the campaign right. trail like, hey, can't wait for another insurrection, yeah, guys. Right, right. That's not even uh, the the point of contention right no. now, but they're going to cling to that forever, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what it is when she's going on about, like, uh, we didn't have this extremist wing and it's being led by Donald Trump. She's clinging on to this lie that he was, of course, the one that facilitated that and told people to go to the Capitol and all that. But I'll put one more on your mind. Yeah. A as far as this whole gaslighting, I love that you use that term because that's exactly what it is that we, that we have. What do we call it during the, I don't know, right around the same time a little bit before? And you had what happened uh, in pretty much every major, I won't say every major city, in a lot of major cities all across the nation. Uh, we had some people were killed. Uh, you had lots of property damage uh, being done at a far wider scale than what it had been done when people went to your uh, went to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. What 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 extreme wing is that? Is that? Mm -hmm. I, I'm very intrigued about to get an answer because again, that was far more people involved. It was far more widespread, far more property damage, yeah. far more people actually died in a result of being all the rioting and all that. All that happened. What wing is that? Because from all accounts, it was leftism. It was facilitated by people. If they do participate in the political process, they tend to support your guys. And in fact, many of your guys were coming out egging them on as they continue to do this. Mm. So what part of the uh, uh, of the extremist wing is that? Yeah. And of course, they, they, they believe that when their dogs go to act out, 
they believe it to be justified. Right. Is how it works. So in the event, even if we considered January, even if it was a thing, right? I said it when we were here. I was like, look, at minimum, you could say they took it to the people to the, that, that, that they, they had, had issue, issue with. with. Right? Yes. They took it to the people yes. that they had issue with. And it's with. such a great point, and I recite it, and I give you credit whenever I say it. I, I recite that all the time because it's such a great point that bears, like, it's worth repeating as often as possible. Sure, should, the, should it have risen to the level that some, a very few number of people rose it to? No, of course not. But, like... What do private property owners have to do with George Floyd? Right. I mean, at least they're like, hey, we have an issue with you. We're taking it to your house. Even doing the uh, whole George Floyd situation, I was like, well, I'm not I'm not even going to the people that have issues with the police and went to the police department. I'm not going to sit up here and uh, even address that. But that's not really what was happening. No. People were using this as an excuse to, to, to loot their asses off, go on to people's private property. This is not just something that was contained to bigger businesses. This was uh, talking about mom and pop shops, all that good yep. stuff. And, and, and all that conflict that came out of that, that had absolutely nothing to do with uh, this whole George Floyd situation. And again, your folks, Hillary, were yep. egging them on. Yep. Yep. Y'all were egging them on as they went and did this. So... I'm just looking at it from a numbers perspective. I mean, I'm okay at math. I'm not that good, but it seems like there was more, again, property damage. There were more people involved. There were more people that literally got killed uh, out of that whole situation, and it was far more widespread. So to me, it seems like if there is to be an extremist wing that needs some sort of uh, re-education, it it seems to be on y'all guys because y'all are are for sure going after innocent parties that had nothing to do with this situation and you get egged on in the process. Exactly. I think there's what, like uh, over 20 minutes worth uh, that some organization, I can't can't recall the name right now, came up with um, just to show just montage after montage after montage of a Democrat leader actually pushing people to take to the streets, get up in their faces, you know, all of this. And so it's very hard. Again, it's very hard for them to argue other than the the epic amounts of gaslighting that they're doing, that we are somehow the extremists who resort to violence all the time. Case in point, another thing that happened today, uh, or I believe that made this was yesterday. So Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, Republican Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, said on the the uh, platform formerly known as Twitter that he had had a civil exchange with some protesters. And he said that two of them got into their car and rammed it into their campaign vehicle. Uh, and then the car drove off. So I want to play. Yeah, go go ahead and show that. Go ahead and show that. So here is the some of the damage to their campaign vehicle's car. Um, I believe they also got a picture of the protester's car, which is exactly what you would imagine that it was with what, how many bumper stickers? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe. Uh, all the bumper stickers on there. And I want to, um, I want to play the protester that they say uh, engaged in this behavior. I want to play this. Let's go ahead and, and run this clip. So this, you're not going to hear anything except a honking in a minute. But you'll notice that this guy puts his hand out the window, is flipping him off, flipping Ramaswamy off while Ramaswamy is on the phone, honks his horn. They didn't get the rest uh, on tape, but this guy rams their vehicle and then takes off. And this is the account that happened on the ground. The police uh, released a statement that 
pushed back on all of their claims. They said that, you know, they they arrived to the scene um, and that, that, oops, backing up, she accidentally made contact with a Ford Expedition. Uh, it was all it was all just an accident. Um, there was property damage, uh, but they, they have nothing to conclude that that wasn't just an oopsie. I mean, except this flipping off out the window and all of the bumper stickers. So it's just fascinating because I know Vivek tweeted out, um, suppose a guy wearing a MAGA hat is standing amongst protesters at a Democrat presidential candidates event, then gets into his car with aggressive bumper stickers, flips off the candidate and screams profanities, lays on his horn and then reverse rams the candidate's parked SUV. I'm sure they would be just as eager to call it an unrelated accident, right? And he's got a great point there. I mean, there's no freaking way the way that the media is weaponized against us, the way that the Democrat lawmakers have pushed them to weaponize against us, that that wouldn't be the case. And yet we have these people going, yelling him down, going to his event just to cause a problem, flicking him off, yelling obscenities. But it's just a happy coincidence that they also don't know how to drive and rammed into, oh, the campaign vehicle. Yeah, look, these are the most difficult people to try to be in opposition to because, yeah, it does gaslight. This goes right back into the previous uh, right. kind of segment that we we talked about where anybody that looks at this objectively can see that one party has, uh, let's say, a wing of it. The extremist wing has done more property and uh, damage and, and been far more aggressive than the other. It doesn't matter where you're at on the political aisle. That's true. And this is another example of something like that happening. And then the immediate response is to try to. Uh, 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 dumb it down to try to say that it's not as serious as what it is when they do not offer you um, that sort of leeway mm -hmm. uh, in the event that the shoe is even mildly on the other foot. We see what they did with the whole Jan 6 and they've dramatized that uh, as if it was the equivalent of 9-11 despite it not being anything near that. And the reason why I say that's difficult to deal with because what they're trying to do and this is the psychological kind of warfare that the left plays and they play it very well and what they try to use their own uh, or your own let's say set of morals and values and, and, and stuff yep, against, against you, you. Right? And they don't have that standard and they they don't hold themselves to that standard by any means, nope. uh, but they expect you to, of course, follow it and they will blow it up in the event that uh, uh, something like this so, sort of sort of happens. Or in the other case, let's say they'll dumb it down so they go the opposite way because there's no true set of standards mm -hmm. that they actually uh, abide by. It's whatever works and whatever's advantageous to them at the given time that they're trying to make their argument. That's a very difficult th a person to fight, which is why I'm saying all the time, I'm always yelling like, look. You are under no requirement to try to play that game with them because that's the game that they want you to play. It's like, again, it's the whole the analogy that I always use is that, you know, militant atheist who's uh, saying, you know, if they see a Christian do something and they're always like, well, that's not something that Jesus would yeah. do, you yep. know, or something, yep. uh, something like not very Christian of you. Yep. They do all that sort of stuff when, you know, maybe outside of their other mouth two seconds ago, they yep. were, you know, talking down on Christianity or Christ and all that good stuff. It's because they, they want you to be held to a standard that they themselves would never, ever abide by. Mm -hmm. So 
they feel justified in whatever violence that they committed against you, whatever uh, property damage it is, or acts of aggression, they feel always justified in any time that you act in any given way or even don't act, I guess in this case, right. where you're the ones that's in the wrong and you're the ones that's seeing things. It's a very difficult uh, uh, enemy to combat because you you have to kind of suspend uh, uh, that. I don't want to say suspend your morality. You have to understand that you're not playing the same game that you would if it was you or I. We're right. talking about uh, uh, someone else that is will low blow us. They'll buy off the referees. Mm -hmm. They'll buy off the judges. These are some dirty, dirty MFs, man. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, to your point, I know we got to take a break, but to your point, I mean, they're so dirty that now we're finding out over at theblaze.com, we had this investigative piece by Steve Baker, who has been combing through all the J6 tapes, who uh, appears to have found evidence that Nancy Pelosi's security perjured himself in a very big Oath Keepers case relating to J6, claiming that he was at a location that he wasn't at, just so they could throw someone away in jail for, you know, over 20 years. I mean, they know exactly what it is oh, yeah. that they are doing. They are imprisoning you on purpose, knowing that you are innocent just to just put their thumb uh, right on you and squash you like a little bug. So just, just know that that's who you're dealing with. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So I think it's like over a decade now, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And um, what's great about having Patriot Mobile as an option is that, you know, if you guys are still with Big Mobile, you're with one of the three main carriers, um, what you're doing is you're actually taking, a, 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 you're paying your bill and you're actually funding the left. So you're funding what you're fighting against because they're taking a portion of that money and they are donate, donating it to causes like, oh, I don't know, the Dallas Pride Parade, which is uh, where I spotted T-Mobile with the big rainbow and the trans flags and all of that, giving little uh, temporary tattoos to children. That's not what you want to do if you're watching this program. I would imagine, unless your media matters, that uh, that's not where you want your hard-earned money to go. But instead, you can switch over to Patriot Mobile. Uh, they've got dependable coverage. They're using the same towers as the three major carriers, so you're going to get the same service, but you're also going to know that your hard-earned money is going to go to support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service, and they make switching very easy. You can keep your number, you can keep your phone, or you can upgrade over at patriotmobile.com slash news. You can get free activation when you use the offer code news. There is no reason not to check them out. You don't have to compromise on service, and you know that you can stop funding the left over at patriotmobile.com slash news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. So I want to go over just the past, I don't know, week, I'll say, of what's been going on at the border. Um, I'll keep it to a week because we could go on forever about what's been going on the last two and a half years with completely wide open borders. I, I mean, literally wide open borders to the extent that the Texas National Guard is going and locking gates and trying to close them. And the Biden administration is going in, Homeland Security or Border Patrol is going in and reopening them back up. You have Border Patrol that's fist bumping uh, illegal immigrants that are coming through. I would say that that's in complete contrary to what their freaking job is actually supposed to be, which is border protection. Perhaps you shouldn't be fist bumping the people who are illegally entering, but I digress. So we've seen these videos of these um, immigrants, these migrants who are literally just charging through the borders in El Paso from Mexico. Um, you see just the vast amounts of people who are just overpowering even the, the tiny amount of barriers uh, or, you know, 
problematic places that they may have to stop or be, you know, have some sort of barrier. They're just plowing through in record numbers. Um, and so DHS just this week had come out. We talked about it on the show yesterday. DHS came out and said they released a memo that basically said, so it turns out there's an immediate need for a border because I guess now border barriers do work and we're going to need to start building some uh, some barriers here because, you know, I like it open borders might not be the best policy. Well, Biden came out and said, I completely disagree with this. I asked I asked Congress, I asked them to redirect the appropriated money that they had for this border wall, and they just wouldn't do it. And so you would think that that was bad enough, that you have the president of the United States who is literally saying, I disagree with the Department of Homeland Security Homeland security uh, actually saying we should keep our homeland secure. Mm -hmm. And I want borders wide open. Well, on top of that, to add insult to injury, I guess, AOC uh, decided to weigh in on this and release a statement saying that uh, the president needs to take responsibility for this decision to build a border wall and reverse course. A wall does nothing to deter people who are fleeing poverty and violence from coming to the United States. You do not risk your life or your children's lives going through the Darien Gap or traversing hundreds of miles of desert if you have any other options. Walls only serve to push migrants into more remote areas, increasing their chances of death. It is a cruel policy. So she is asking Biden... I don't know how she's asking Biden to stop building the wall because it's too cruel. And I would just ask, number one, Eric, I don't mean to sound uh, cold hearted, but I feel like I'm a realist here. I, I try not to let emotion get in the way of me coming to a, a logical decision. And at best case, I we should worry about America. This is our country. Borders are supposed to be sovereign for a reason. And I would say um, it's not really my problem at the end of the day what all of these other people are running from and fleeing from and whether or not they are impoverished. Like that, that's sad, and I can try to address that in different ways. But if you're asking me if I should keep an open border or close it because people are impoverished in other nations and they want to come here anyway, like I, I, I'm kind of like, it's not really my problem. Am I, is, am I just, am I one of those cruel right-wing Trumper MAGA Look, extremists? I think it's one of those things where people, AOC included, and especially people that think of her to, uh, let's say, think highly of her opinion, uh, they're often delusional on how things actually look, right? And what I mean by that is, it does. you can even take something as simple as defending your property, right? We can say till we till we're blue in the face that, hey, we wouldn't want someone to, to be shot, or we wouldn't want someone right. to die. But in the event there's an act of aggression, that's what it's going to look like. Right. That's just what it is. Right. Like that. That's right. not. It's exactly. not. It's not no kumbaya. I can come. This is why the yep. social worker nonsense is exactly that. Yep. When someone is going to do something with an intention to do whatever it is that they want, you know. What happens out of that conflict is just the reality of the situation. It's not having a conversation, and I'm going to reason this part. You see, there's a big con a conversation happening right now with this situation in New York where you have one of these yeah. big activists. Oh, it's all good. You know, hey, just trying to reason with you can't reason with crazy people. And sometimes when it when it does end up hitting the fan, fan excuse me, that's what it ends up looking like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Are there going to be people, the great Hans Hermann Hoppe spoke about this, uh, he's a libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, 
anarcho-capitalist, excuse me, and he spoke about this before, about so as long as it's like you got this border uh, monopolized, there's going to be ag uh, aggressions on either side of right. it. It doesn't right. really matter. It's not a matter of, uh, of whether or not it exists or not. It's a matter of whose side is it going to mm -hmm. be on because it's there regardless. You know what I mean? So for, for, for me, as a guy that believes in de decentralization, I'm a pragmatist in a sense of, oh, no, I don't think that when given the chance, like we shouldn't like end a government program. No, if that absolutely. Right. If it presents itself, I think we should do that. I am saying that I believe in order if I want, let's say, the geographical area that I'm in to be a more libertarian, more freer society, then I can't worry about the problems that exist way over there. Right. We got to take care exactly. of our stuff first and foremost. And then maybe once we got our act together, we can start considering other people's problems. But America ain't nowhere near yep. uh, being able to deal with exactly that. And this is why I think it really does lead it to lend itself to what it is that I ultimately, be ultimately believe in with libertarianism and thinking that this, the, these border states, if you will, are going to have to be the ones to step up to address the issue. It's not going, and maybe that does end up inevitably creating a conflict with the uh, United States government. And to that, I say, so what? I agree. So, so what? Like, I who? Oh, it, it, that's just the reality that we live in, and uh, they're not going to deal with it. They've right. monopolized it in a sense, and they say, well, we have the ultimate say because it's technically our nation, but you're the ones having to deal with the consequences. Right. So, when you try to fix that problem, if that means a conflict with the United States government, so what? Oh, well, so I what? mean, we'll cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah. Uh, I, it's just so fascinating, and I think it's why the, the polling is so poor for the Democrats right now when it comes to national security, which, by the way, is a top issue for most voters, most Americans right leftist. now. Exactly, exactly right. Especially when Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, the Democrat mayor of El Paso, they are, they are bringing it to their backyards. They're saying, y'all want to be the sanctuary cities? Have at it. Go ahead, because we don't. We didn't sign up for this. And so it's just, it is becoming increasingly laughable to see the Democrats, AOC, Karine Jean-Pierre, Joe Biden, all of these Democrats actually having the nerve to get up in front of people and publicly say, walls don't work. Like, how many walls and borders does White House have? <laughs> how many secure perimeters do you have to go through to get into the interior of the White House. And you have these same people talking about how walls and borders and barriers don't work. And I'm like, who? I'm sorry. Who the f do you think you're talking to? Like, go grab that. It's right there. <laughs> who the f do you think you're talking to who really believes like uh, every single one of us who lives in a house or an apartment or whatever? Oh, I don't know. Has a door, has a lock, have walls to separate our rooms. Why do we have those things? Because they f work like I don't uh, I'm sorry edit okay I'm sorry but I just like I'm like how how do they think that that is an effective talking point is just to convince you guys like I, I was on Dave Rubin's show today the Rubin report and I was like Corinne Jean-Pierre in one clip cited experts. She said, experts say walls don't work. I'm like, who are the experts, the captain of Al-Qaeda? Like, <laughs> who are the experts that are actually going to try to convince you that walls and barriers don't freaking work when that is the entire intention of a wall? Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> uh, the white pill of it all is that definitely because of what's going on with these people being dumped off uh, in these heavily democratic uh, areas, especially I've seen some of these... Uh, uh, these meetings be held among like Chicago and seeing definitely some of the older, especially like black community. And they're like, 
we're not cool with this, right. bro. Like yep. we're, we're simply yep. not. This isn't. So that may actually be, though. In I guess years past, because everybody was still on this kumbaya stuff, uh, it worked for them. But I don't. I think in the future, like I mean, the very near future, that may be one of those issues that breaks that that party. Uh, because people are, it's moved mm -hmm. so far up on people's mm -hmm. list of things that they find uh, very important because, again, they're having to be the ones that, that actually deal with the consequences. And look, like I said, I, I, I at least, I do empathize with folks that are wanting to get away from, from, from issues, but the thing that I would levy back at those people that are highly considerate of that, the reality is that America has its own set of issues, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a laundry list of, of, of problems, right? A lot of them, if not all of them, are largely self-inflicted. Yeah. In order to address that, that focus has to be on that, not those that aren't the ones that are being taxed to hell to have to deal with these uh, various uh, issues, right? So what I would say is, if you do want to be someone that is sympathetic or empathetic to those people, then I would argue that the first this this should be one of the things that you want to focus on is getting your crap together. So whatever this new system sort of looks like, yeah. whether it be I don't know you put you you uh like reaching in your own pockets and, and you yeah. having to kind of be the ones to pay for the immigrants that you want to right. uh, and be responsible yeah. for yeah. their actions and all that. However that looks like as a sponsorship, right? Yep. Maybe that's what it ends up looking like, right? Maybe that's your, maybe that's the pathway, okay. but I ain't the one paying for it and other people aren't paying mm -hmm. for it. I would argue that if that was what was presented, if people said, you know what, we're going to take care of our own problems first and foremost. However, if you want to deal with this immigration mm -hmm. stuff, cool. Mm -hmm. You sponsor them, you're going to pay for everything. You're going to pay for their traveling. Uh, you're going to pay for initially getting uh, uh, vetted. You're going to pay for pay for it in the event that that person ends up acting out be it maybe they commit a crime an actual act of aggression that's going to be on your on your on your head i think most people be like well yeah i would prefer that over just leaving everything as a as a free-for-all and then us paying for it uh collectively right but either way we can't even get there until the problems are dealt with realistically here and so whether it looks like that whether it, i don't know if it's a wall or 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 a fence or just a bunch of guys that are just actually i don't know just looking over it, whatever that Actually looks protecting like, the yeah, whatever mm -hmm. that ends up looking like, I don't know exactly what it, what it ends up looking like. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but whatever it looks like, it has to happen for America. And in our case, what I care more about Texas mm -hmm. to deal with its uh, internal issues, because it's in no position to be taking on everybody else's problems. Right. And and if we could ever get to that system, I know we got to take a break. If we could ever get to that system, Eric, I would hope that anyone who felt so, so strongly about these illegal immigrants and wanted to take take them in and maybe have them bunk up in their own homes. Listen, don't close your door. Don't lock your door, your bedroom door. I think you should leave wide open because walls don't work and see how that works out for you. Um, we've got to take another quick break. We will be back with more. First, we want to thank our new sponsor of the show, The Wellness Company. So listen, we got something really cool, honestly, potentially life-saving to share with you. So listen up. How much do you trust our healthcare system right now? Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, over 40% of Americans say they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. And they're not wrong, so you're in good company. That is where the wellness company's medical emergency kit comes in. So if you've never heard of the wellness company, let me tell you about it. Uh, let me tell you about them and also the, the Unreal Kit. 
Awake, not woke, but awake doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough started the wellness company to build a parallel healthcare system and bring about real change in medicine. Finally, we are so grateful to friend of the program, Dr. McCullough. And part of that is part of the change is helping you to take control of your health and supporting you through whatever the next thing is that gets thrown our way. So whether that be natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, whatever it is, you can rest easy knowing that you have antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help keep you and your family safe. The kit includes a comprehensive guidebook so you'll know exactly when and how to use it. So stay a step ahead and take back control of your health. This is by Dr. Peter McCullough. I know you guys trust him. Uh, he's been on the show. He's a great friend of the program. He knows what he's doing. You can go to twc.health slash why. Grab your medical emergency kit today. That is twc.health slash why. Use code why for 10% off at checkout. twc.health slash why. Promo code why. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. All right, so uh, there was an Illinois school that implemented a policy that allowed students who said they were transgender to use the bathroom of their choice. So, of course, allowing uh, biological males in females' restrooms. And they tried, they tried to alleviate it by saying, well, if you are uncomfortable with this decision and you are uh, non-transgender or I guess anything, right? But if you're uncomfortable with this decision, you could use the bathroom in the nurse's office. Well, they failed to anticipate that uh, that would basically be almost all of the students. So the bathroom line began forming down the hall. Those of you who are watching, uh, not listening, um, can see this line forming down this hall. And it's fascinating because instead of the superintendent, um, by the way, this is Waterloo Community Unit School District number five superintendent. Um, and so instead of the superintendent saying, you know, maybe we, maybe, maybe it was a miscalculation on our part. Like maybe we shouldn't have done this. Perhaps we shouldn't have been catering to a tiny, minute percentage, you know, a point zero zero one percentage or whatever it is uh, of our school and student population. Maybe we should rethink this. Um, he actually decided that this was actually uh, harassment. So <laughs> um, uh, he said the male students plan to use the nurse's office restroom at the same time, resulting in 
a line and uh, the line grew dramatically throughout the day with male and female students filling the hallway and causing students to be tardy or miss class. These actions were not the appropriate way to send a message to the school district. We are investigating this behavior as planned harassment of transgender students. So now it's harassment. If you don't want to use the bathroom with trans students, the district gives you an other, another option of going to use a different restroom if you feel uncomfortable. But if you use the restroom that doesn't allow trans students, you are indirectly harassing trans people. This is incredible. The fact that this is even in, I mean, how old are we talking to these students? This is uh, I believe this is high school, high school, right? Um, look, man, I don't know why this is even a conversation that's being had among people that are in high school. Uh, these are we're dealing with minors. Uh, so why is this even a conversation? I don't know. And um, there seems to be some really jacked up things going on. If we are to accept that there's just trans kids that actually are a thing here. I reject that whole entire notion. I reject that that's even a thing, yeah. uh, to be completely honest. Uh, but. Yeah, um, it's funny how, you know, you make a bunch of students uncomfortable. And then when those students act accordingly, they're the ones that are using, I guess, aggression on someone. And mm -hmm. I guess in a form of harassment is what it is that they're talking about. So even if it was to to send a message, they're essentially saying don't send a message. So when you, instead of you doing a responsible thing and responding, because, look, this is something that this is, let's say, the standard, if you will, their position, right? right? They don't want this. Obviously, they, they it, this wouldn't be a thing if, if this weren't the case. So this is something they don't want. And instead of you assessing, assessing it, excuse me, and you saying that, okay, maybe we got this a little wrong, maybe we miscalculated, and you go to the drawing board, it's like, no, you're saying they're the problems. Right. They're, they're the ones that are the problems. It takes a certain amount of arrogance. Um, it is, and look, as we've uh, said a million times on this program, when it comes to schools and public schools mm -hmm. and the educational mm -hmm. system, that's your education system mm -hmm. right there. Like, like, look at that. How, how those events transpire. Look at that. That's your that's your education system where that's the conclusion that they come up with. And to me. I don't I wouldn't personally feel comfortable dropping my uh, uh, children off no. to a facility that is been being facilitated by people that come to conclusions that brain did because they clearly don't got it all upstairs and they're very irresponsible. Right. Uh, I think this is uh, we can do, I love these stories popping up because it's not that I love that it's a thing. It's more so that we're able to highlight it so people can really see how truly rotten that it is and how they don't work for you. Right. Public education, they've never worked for no. you. They are little minions of the of the state and little wings, the, the education wing uh, of, of the state. That's what they've always been. That's what they, that's historically what it's been. When you look at uh, state funded uh, uh, education, that's what it's historically always been. Our system that uh, upon what it's based on has been uh, implemented to churn out little uh, little minions. That's all that it's ever been. And this is yet another example of it, because even when they screw up, they say you're the problem. Even so, even to your point, even parents really need to be involved, even if you're in a, a private school. Agreed. Because, because I mean, of course, those problems exist in, in public school, but they also exist in private school. And you might not know it. I was talking to a private school teacher uh, is like a superintendent position the other day. And, you know, it was this conversation about homework because I'm a staunch believer that children, um, especially elementary and middle school children, should not have homework. Like if I'm if if you if I'm to believe that I'm supposed to send my child to your facility for seven hours to learn 
learn something, especially for private school students. Their parents are paying extra on top of their taxpayer money to send their child to be taught. I don't expect for you to bring home homework. And so it was a conversation about that. And the teacher told me or the superintendent told me, well, I believe in the I believe it's a National Education Association. They did like some they, they put out some study or whatever that said 10 minutes of homework per grade level. And I'm like, but why? Who is the National Education Association? So I started looking into them and it's like, these people are not in it for the students. These people are teachers union pets who go up there. They're concerned about diversity and inclusion and LGBT rights. And I mean, you read their bios and you're like, nowhere does this say that they're concerned about the children. So explain to me why I'm supposed to take their opinion because they're called the National Education Association. Once you start looking into all of these places, all of these associations, you find that they're all tied back to the the educators. I use that term loosely. They're all tied back to teachers' rights, not students' rights. We, don't, we hardly have any sort of government funded or, you know, all of these big or, organizations looking out for the students. They're all looking out for the teachers. Right. It's only like the, the local mom groups that actually care about the students. So I'm like, I don't give a crap what the Nat- National Education <laughs> Association says about homework. They're saying that because they don't want their teachers to be held to a standard where they have to actually teach the curriculum in class well enough that the student doesn't come home with hours of homework every night. Yeah, like so, that, that's uh, it goes it goes uh, both ways, man. And it's, it all goes, I guess, boils down to the fact that parents need to be more involved and paying more attention. Stop just uh, letting other people raise your children, which essentially is what happens. Um, You know, I I hate that this whole teacher and and student kind of relationship thing and why we placed them on a pedestal when really all they should have been looked at is that you're providing a service. Mm -hmm. Not that important, to be completely Mm -hmm. honest. You're important in the sense that you want your kids to be educated, but you're there to provide a service. You're not there to be my child's friend. You're not there to be any of that stuff. Teach them. Right. And and your success is contingent on that. Nothing else. Right. Right. Actually. So. So to that end, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then I want to add a a few more thoughts um, about the education system. We'll be right back. So in going to the school board meeting that I went to this week and um, by the way, Plano ISD, uh, Nancy, Nancy Humphreys and, uh, you know, Dr. Teresa. I'll see you soon. I'll see you very soon. Um, It was just, it's so wild to watch these people circle jerk around each other, just like, oh, but you're, no, you're the best. No, you did great. No, you did great. But there was one other instance that I found to be particularly interesting in that they were, um, they were recognizing a theater teacher for uh, an award that he was given and um, which was very nice. But I was watching this and the theater teacher who was there when I went to school in this district, so I knew him, um, he accepted the award and I noticed that there was a male that was sitting in the aisle next to him and the presenter made sure to say, well, do, well your, his family's here. Do you want to introduce your family? Do you want to introduce your family? Apparently, I guess, trying to like push him to say, this is my husband. Right. I never knew if he was gay or not when I went to school in PISD because teachers didn't freaking talk about it, nor did he. And so it was very weird because like he didn't, he, they were like, yeah, yeah, introduce your family, say a few words. And so he finally got up to say a couple of words. And when he did, 
he didn't say anything about whoever the gentleman was that was sitting next to him. But it was just so fascinating to me that there's this teacher. I'm like, do you know why this teacher is being recognized and being given an award? Because he is focused on teaching the students, not trying to tell everyone that he's gay and he has a husband, right. which is the only conclusion that I can draw because they kept trying to force like, oh, but he has family here. Here, do you want to, here, introduce your family. Here, here. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? It was Weird. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't at all surprise me because that's to them that gives them some sort of point. Yeah. And we see that all the all over. I mean, it's especially dangerous because you're dealing with other children, but we see it all over in entertainment uh, as well. These things that have nothing to do with the job it is that they're performing are the things that their peers care uh, uh, more about. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and that and that sucks. You know. Um, I think that also speaks to how the systems in in its uh, themselves are uh, individually broken because they prioritize things that have nothing to do with their their actual job performance. It's something that I see so often in it, and even like the comic book industry, and then everybody sits up there and wonders like why they're broke and nobody's actually interested. Right, sure. Right. You got you got nominated for all of those awards, but yeah, that's y'all's breaking y'all's elbows trying to pat each other on the back. Exactly. But that has nothing to do with whether or not you're good at what it is that you do. Right. And it's not based on merit. And look, man, we've, we talked about this earlier on Monday, I believe. When that, from a cultural perspective, when that becomes what's prioritized over merit, you're going to see everything suffer. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter the industry. It's going to decline in the event that you are prioritizing uh, diversity and, and, and inclusivity and whatever other goofy terms that have nothing to I mean, when I say nothing, I mean literally nothing to do. Nothing. Nothing to do with how well you could perform that job. Yeah. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It was so wild. With all of this speaker debacle, uh, Joe Biden was asked yesterday what advice he would give whoever the next speaker of the House ends up being. And this was that weird moment. Watch. Was there not that they're asking you, what's your advice to the next, next House speaker? Oh, gosh. That's a lovely paper. Thank you, sir. Boy, that was a Peto Peter smile if I ever saw one. Like it was, like it was a movie or <laughs> oh something. Oh my, that was a Dramat joker. Dramatic turn. Like yeah. It was, it was that, which the sad part is he wasn't doing it to be dramatic. <laughs> he just can't move anymore. Uh, he's so old. But I mean, I would agree with him. That is above his, pay, above his pay grade. I would also say that being president is way above his pay grade as well. That, that is uh, very true. I would think that being the position that he's in, that would be something that he would be qualified. But I would agree with him as well that he's not qualified to make those Decision. Like if anyone were to think that that would be he would be capable of making that giving that advice It should be him. Yeah, right of all people. He doesn't even think it <laughs> uh, All right, Eric. Thank you for being here ripaverse.com check it out and we will see you guys Monday Stream and subscribe to more blaze media content at the blaze.com slash podcasts